Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the over under on 1252 sports out of Chicago. I'm Harry the Greek. I'm your host this evening. We're going to get down to the nitty gritty tonight and talk about all the games in the National Football League in week seven. Uh, Tonight's special guest is going to be Peter Blake from the sports web. Very interesting character. Great knowledge of every team in the National Football League, but something even a little bit more special. He knows this Tampa Bay Buccaneer team, which your Chicago Bears are going to be facing this weekend down at Raymond James Stadiums in beautiful Tampa, Florida. Uh, you have a question or a comment, make sure you go ahead and post one. We're going to go ahead and read it live on the air. And if you have a question or a comment you want to ask Peter or Harry the Greek, all you have to do is give us a call. Let me put this up on the banner. It's right here at the bottom. It's 727-320-5866. That's 727-320-5866. I'm Harry the Greek. I'm your host. I'm not going to waste much time. I'm going to bring him in. Everybody around in these parts in Florida know who he is, and we're going to make sure we know who he is up here in the Chicago area. Welcome, Peter Blake. How are you, my brother? Doing great, buddy. Getting ready for this game tonight, which is our game on Sunday. Game tonight. I wish it was tonight. Tampa Bay versus the Chicago Bears. You got to love it. It, it's 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 definitely going to be an interesting game, but I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to get to that game probably last because mm. I want everybody to really know what's going on with it. But I'm going to tell you this. Tampa is a 12-point, and in some books, they're a 13-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Peter, that's a lot of points, man. That is a lot of points, especially with the announcements today of no Gronkowski, no Antonio Brown, no Levante David. Uh, they cut Jaden Mickens this week, so they have Jalen Darden, who's a rookie. Hey, so still good a kid lot there. Of, yes, a lot of question marks, though, Harry the Greek with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But make no mistake about it, this uh, this offense can definitely score some points. The big-time question, of course, is their defense, namely their back end. Richard Sherman out, Carlton Davis out, Sean Murphy Bunting out. Um, so they definitely got some big-time question marks uh, in that secondary without question Peter you know and, and Chicago's banged up on the offensive side of the ball as well uh you, you have uh no David Montgomery probably not going to be back till week 10 um then they're back up running back with Damian Williams who should by the way you were you, you and I've talked about it before should have had the MVP in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago who elected to stay out because of COVID-19 last year ironically is on COVID-19 protocol not vaccinated, and has COVID-19. It's going to be very difficult for him to get back on the field anytime soon. Mm. Wish him the best of luck. And probably the most significant person that might not be playing is on defense, the rejuvenated Robert Quinn with five and a half sacks. Uh, But there is a small chance that he does play. Uh, They're saying he has to test negative, uh, I think, twice in 24 hours, and uh, that's all they're waiting for. So they're going to probably wait to the last minute. And he might be one of those guys that doesn't travel with the team that, like, you know, catches a flight, say it, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, flies directly down to Tampa. Because from what I understand, Southwest, it's pretty cheap. It's two hours and 20 minutes, bud. Up, down, and you're here. Yeah, exactly. And five and a half sacks, you're going to definitely need him. Uh, on this defensive line, and he gave uh, the Bucks offensive line everything they could handle. You know, as a Bucks fan out there, there's a lot of them that watched the game last year where the Bears surprised the Bucks 20 to 19, and that was kind of the turning point at that point, Harry, because the turnover situation, maybe more than anything else, not the turnover situation, the penalty situation 
was out of control, especially on that offensive line. Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack gave the Bucks offensive line everything they could handle, including Tristan Warbs, who gave up one sack last year. Guess who it was to? Return of the Mac. He owned. I mean, that was a that was a Michael Jordan in your face over John Stark's poster dunk. The way he lifted Worfs up with the one arm and slammed them, bro, that was unbelievable. But let me tell you something: that never happened again to Tristan Worfs the entire year. One of the best right tackles. One of the. You know what? If they would have gave a Rookie of the Year award. In my opinion, it should have went to that young man last year. What a stud that well, Tristan Wirfs ended up being for well, Tampa. What a stud, but you know him coming out of the draft, there's a lot of people who said, you know what, Andrew Thomas was better. This player was better. And yet, to me, Tristan Wirfs was the best offensive tackle at that time. And some Bucks fans complain about it, trading up one pick. You would trade up one pick every day of the week if you had the opportunity every year. Uh, because of the kind of production this kid put out last year. And he's just continued to get better and better and better. And think about this. This was during the pandemic year where you had no training camp. You, you basically had no mini camp. You had no preseason. And he got it done at a top 10, top five level. You're exactly right. He should have been the offensive rookie of the year. Well, the protection that he provided and some of the matchups that he had last year, very tough. And of course, you know, the onus is on protect Tom Brady, 43, now 44 years old at the time. That's a big time question mark coming into Sunday's game against this vaunted Bucks, or excuse me, against this vaunted Bears defense. Excuse me. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that Tampa Bay defense either. But you know what, Peter? We are going to save that for a little later on. We're going to get to a couple of the comments. The first one is a Facebook user, and it says, Harold. There's only one person in this world, Peter, that calls me Harold. Mr. Tom Banner, I'm going to assume it's you. How you doing, brother? Uh, thanks for tuning in and watching. Pig Dog, video 2001. Harry, I was re-watching the Bucks Super Bowl win in 2003. How much do you think Barrett Robbins going AWOL factored into the Bucks blowing out the Raiders? Also, which Bucks Super Bowl impressed you more? I'm going to let Peter answer the first part of that question. And I'll answer the second part of that question when it comes to which one impressed me more. Peter? Well, I mean, look, did it affect this uh, the Raider team? Absolutely. I mean, Barrett Robbins is your center. He knows all the calls. Of course, the center to quarterback exchange is very important. But at the end of the day, there was nothing that could stop that Tampa Bay defense. In fact, they're very underrated. But if you compare them, you know, the only thing they don't have compared to those big-time defenses like uh, the steel curtain is championships. That's because of their inability on offense to score points. But there was nothing that was going to stop that defense, especially Warren Sapp in the middle. With all that being said, what was the most impressive Super Bowl? As much as I love that first one, I feel like the second one is more impressive. And I'll tell you why. Here you get a quarterback that supposedly is washed up. Here you do it during a pandemic where you don't have a preseason, where you don't have training camp where you have some injuries, where you have new players like a Gronkowski and an Antonio Brown, and then the quarterbacks that they disposed of in that postseason, namely a Drew Brees, of course, an Aaron Rodgers and a Patrick Mahomes, the way that defense played in the postseason, I thought the Bucs 2020 Super Bowl year was more impressive than the 2002 year. And I, it pains me to say that because it was so long for the Bucs to win their first. But to me, last year was more impressive 
than the first one. Just my opinion. You know, just in case everybody wants to know what the question there is, I'm going to leave it up when I tell you which one it was. I'm not going to. I'm not going to give you that much of a concise answer with Barrett Robbins going AWOL. But I will tell you this: both of these defenses were absolutely extraordinary. The O2 team and the 2020 team defensively was really good. Look. I'm on a Chicago platform talking about Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense. I am not comparing this defense to the 1985 Chicago Bears. Let's get that first and foremost and straight. But let me tell you something. This 2020 team, when those playoffs hit, Mm. that was about the closest damn thing I've ever seen to something like that. Anybody that watched that Super Bowl, when you have a Patrick Mahomes running backwards, more yards than he was throwing the football in 97 yards backwards for Patrick Mahomes. And look, the blueprint has been laid. The foundation has been laid for the rest of the NFL. This is what they've done. They've taken that blueprint from that Bucks defense and what they did in Super Bowl 55, and they've applied it this year. Look at what the Buffalo Bills did to them. Did that look familiar? Oh, it was. It was yep. the Bucks game plan. Just my yep, opinion. It sure was. But that was a great question. Thank you so much, Pig Dog. We appreciate it. Another Facebook user. By the way, if you're going to log on through Facebook, I don't have an issue with it at all. But there is something you need to do. Go ahead and back back out. Look at it. And right in the heading, it says, I'm going live using StreamYard. Click on that link where it says StreamYard. And at the bottom, hit it where it says allow to see the access. That way I can read your name on the air as well. I mean, you don't have to do that. Or you can go to 1252 Sports on YouTube, and it just automatically comes up anyway. Uh, Brady's going to forget what down. It is Sunday afternoon. Um, hmm. You hope not. I mean, because that was the big time story, right? And a lot of people were trying to deny it at the time. B.A. was trying to deny it. Brady was trying to deny it. But in the offseason, we found out that that was true. And that's how great that Bears defense can be when they get pressure in the the quarterback space, especially with that interior. I got a bone to pick with you, though, Harry. Uh Uh-oh. That 2002 Bucks defense was pretty damn good and right up there. Right up there. Oh, stop 1985 it. Bears with the personalities. Listen, I'll Brooklyn give I'll give double nickels. I'll give double nickels and John Lynch all the credit. Warren Sapp, one of the best defensive tackles ever to play. Hey, in hey, game. hey. Simeon Rice out of Illinois. I mean, come on. You got to give that kid some love. I mean, bro, Simeon, Simeon Rice was the man. He was yes. balling, bro. Yes. Okay. He was a baller. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Without question. I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, and that's the other part of the question I was going to answer. That 2020 defense was about as close as I've ever seen getting to that 85 team. But mm-hmm. in 2002, <laughs> I'm sorry, Tampa fans. But that was a better defensive unit all around from the start of the season to the end of the season. Yes. You know, I mean, Tampa got hot at the right part of the year. I think they won their last eight games to get in. They really started playing really good football in the final five. They could have lost that Washington game very easy in the in the, uh, the wild card round. And then they mowed right through the New Orleans Saints. And I'll tell you what, they absolutely crushed Green Bay. And the rest is history. But you know what? We're not going to talk too much about that because, like I said, we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty and start talking some games. Well, we want to talk. Final, Go ahead. One Go final ahead. thing here, Harry. Go about for it. About that 2002 Bucks versus Raiders, a lot of people say, well, you know, they had an advantage because John Gruden knew the audibles and the play calls. Hey, it's not the Bucks' fault if Bill Callahan couldn't change the calls 
but that defense was prepared. That offense was prepared. Uh, it was an interesting season because before it started, uh, of course, you know, Tony Dungy gets fired. John Gruden becomes the coach. They trade two first round picks, two second round picks. And just recently down here, he gets removed from the ring of honor. Now you can have it back. Oh, you had, you had to go there. You know what? I am going to go there just for a second. Go there. I'm kind of curious outside of the Tampa market, especially where you're at, Peter. I would like to know what the Midwest has to think about what John Gruden, forget about what he said, what happened in emails or whatever. Do you agree that he should have been removed from the ring of honor in Tampa Bay? I have my own opinion. I am not going to share it. <laughs> my opinion has nothing to do with the views of myself and or 1252 sports. But I'm kind of curious of what you, the viewer, has to say about it. Go ahead and post a comment. We'll go ahead and read it live on the air. Uh, but again, you know, Peter, that's great. I mean, I, I'm glad you brought that up because someone needed to make some awareness of it. You know, what I'd like to do is start talking about some of the games that I'm not really going to have that much of a position in. Okay. But uh, I, I kind of like a little bit of input. The first game is Carolina Panthers are going to be at the New York Giants this week. And uh, the Panthers are minus three. They're, huh. they're favored by a field goal. Uh, their over and under is 42 and a half. And I'll be the first one to tell you, Peter, I was on the Giants bandwagon this year before the season started. This team is a dumpster fire. I thought Joe Judge had this defense playing so hard, never given up. Shaquan Barkley is going to come back from the knee injury. He's going to look great. Danny Dimes is going to be the quarterback they all envisioned. They got the wide receiver from Detroit. They have the other. They have a couple of other wide receivers. They got a good tight end. This is a solid football team. Why can't they put it together, and why can't I bet this game? Because they can't stay out of the tub. That's why. I mean, Galladay is from Detroit, but he's an off-injured wide receiver. The reason why a lot of teams weren't willing to give him the money that he wanted out there is because he couldn't stay healthy and hasn't been able to stay healthy this year. Saquon Barkley, same thing. Coming off a major injury, now injured. Daniel Jones, injured. Wide receivers, injured. Uh, this team has been disappointing, and it's 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 really troubling because, like you said, offensively and defensively, they're very talented, but at the end of the day, you can't make it out of the tub, and that's what has plagued the Giants this year. You go on the other side, I told you Sam Darnold was a fraud, and he has shown he is a fraud. That offense comes and goes with Christian McCaffrey, and right now going south without Christian McCaffrey. Sam Darnold last week, what, three interceptions, not going to get it done, turning over the ball. You know, all these people, oh, he's been revitalized. Yes, they have a talented defense. I get that. But offensively, if you're turning over the ball, take it from me. I know this all too well with the Jameis Winston experiment, 30 for 30. Yes, that will be a special one of these days on ESPN. Book it. Sam We're going to watch 30 for 30 on the 30 for 30. <laughs> 30, for 30. <laughs> Sam the Donald right now is making some terrible decisions. And that defense, just take it from me, if that defense is on the field uh, and that offense is not scoring consistently, eventually you're going to score on that defense. But with all that being said, with all the injuries to the New York Giants, I like the Carolina Panthers in this game. Wow. I I, I can't touch the game. I'm going to go to Texas, and you know what that means, right? Mm-hmm. El Paso. El Paso. That means we're El just going to pass the game. The yeah. next game is going to be really surprising. Kansas City at the Tennessee Titans. Kansas City is a four and a half point favorite. And the over under in this game, Pete, 
is 57 and a half. I can't bet this game. I don't, and I'm going to tell you why. First off, what has Kansas City done this year to warrant themselves to be a four and a half point favorite over anybody? No idea. Okay, Honestly, number one. Their defense Two, is atrocious. The defense is horrible. Now, which Tennessee team are we going to get? The one where the running game goes for 200 yards and he throws for a buck 50? The one where the defense can't stop anybody? I, I don't know. It seems like an awful lot of points. I don't even need an opinion in this game. If you plan on playing this game, people that are out there, if you like one side or another, you are a sick individual because <laughs> I couldn't possibly come up with a line here, and I've watched both of these games. Right. Okay. Not once, but twice, and I can't come up with an educated guess. You can't even get me to go into a corner and say, who do you like? I is can't in, do it. Is it in Tennessee? Yeah, it's in Tennessee. I mean, it could be an offensive explosion because, like you said, oh. the defenses of both teams are very inconsistent, especially Kansas City. And a lot of people say, you know what, the problems have been fixed, but I think it comes down to, you know, your schedule and who the teams you played. Uh, you look at their wins against Philadelphia, against the Washington football team. They're nothing to write home about. Patrick Mahomes, once again, uh, with a, a a bad turnover, trying to do too much. You get some running game there, but that defense can't really stop anybody. And right now, there's not many defenses that can stop a Derrick Henry in that Tennessee Titans offense. i tell you what, I like the Tennessee Titans in this game, as crazy as it sounds, with Kansas City being 3-3. Three and three, I think they got their eyes on at this point, 3-4, and four, because right now, it's going to be very tough. That defense is going to have to play nearly a perfect game I don't see it. I think Derrick Henry runs for over 150 yards versus that Kansas City uh, defense. I like the Titans. I, in I, I got Derrick Henry running for 200 yards in this game, number yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. And and I still can't make a decision on who I want. I just don't know if Tennessee is going to be able to be able to keep up defensively. I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm going to move on to the next game. Right. But before I do that, we're going to go back to another comment. Pig Dog Video 2001. Any good college plays this week, Harry? Purdue is plus three against Wisconsin. Think they'll pull off another upset? Listen, I don't play too much on the college games, but I can tell you this. I stay away from any Tiny 10 game. I understand Chicago's <laughs> part of the Big Ten here, but I say that for a reason. Here's some good things to look at. Look for any SEC team that's playing an out-of-conference team and just bet them. Just really simple. I mean, literally. Okay, look at the history. Look at the past three or four years. Hell, look at the past 10 years. The SEC has dominated the entire conference, all the conferences in football, literally. Uh, but answer your question without being so, um, you know, kind of aloof about it. Purdue's playing some pretty decent ball. Wisconsin, they have no quarterback play whatsoever. They have a decent running game, and they can play defense extremely well. Purdue's been able to put up some points. Uh, I don't like Purdue only at getting three. If they were getting four and a half or five, I'd probably say pull the trigger. Otherwise, I'd go to Texas. And Peter, what does Texas mean? El Paso. Pass on it. Pass on the game. Pig Dog, he answered a question. By the way, thanks so much for the comments. Yes, you can't have people sitting in the stadium seeing his name on the ribbon boards. What he did was obviously nowhere as bad as Paterno. But like Paterno, you have to expunge reminders of them. Peter? Yeah, I mean, look, you can't tell your boss to you-know-what, and you also can't insult the commissioner of the National Football League and get away with it. Not only that, homophobic, uh, it's just a lot of 
Just unfortunate comments. Very stupid on his part. He's a head coach in the National Football League. You have to carry yourself a certain way. And if you don't, you have to pay the piper. And in this case, the piper is Roger Goodell in the NFL Shield. And once that money is being taken away and you make those type of comments, you know, as well as I do, the PR is a nightmare for the National Football League. So you had to do something in whether it was about the Washington football team, Bruce Allen and Daniel Snyder, who I believe Snyder should basically be fired at this point for some of the things he's done. But because how do you fire an owner, Peter? Well, uh, you uh, you no, really, how do you, how do you fire an owner? Yeah. I, I want to know that you relinquish, you, you get you give, uh, you tell him to give up control to the other owners or the minority owners, the, the, the people that have the stake in that ownership, because, this organization, the Washington football team, is a complete disaster. And what people kind of gloss over is the fact that Bruce Allen of this organization was sending nude photos to John Gruden of the cheerleaders. Nobody's talking about that, and yet I get it. Gruden is the one that resigned or, by the way, was asked to leave by Roger Goodell. And, of course, Goodell put pressure on Mark Davis to do that. So, basically, he was fired, but he resigned. And he still owed a lot of money. But at the end of the day, they will not relieve Daniel Snyder because he works for the owners. The owners yep. like him. Roger Goodell likes him. He makes lots of money. And that's the problem, the hypocrisy of the National Football League. They have been like this for the last five to ten years, and they have to stop doing it. Same thing with Deshaun Watson. They're letting you know this all work out. They have said nothing about it, and still people think, you know what? Watson is going to get traded to the Miami Dolphins. It's preposterous. 22 allegations. If you are about women's rights and domestic uh, abuse and all these things that you talk about on a daily basis, do something. Take a stand. Uh, uh, not allow him to be on the field at that point. Suspend him with pay until it works out. But do something. Say something instead of being hypocritical. We have a comment from Roger Shue. Peter, that's the dumbest thing you've ever said. Roger Shue says, fire an owner? You're nuts. Well, I tell you right now, with some of the allegations and some of the things that have come out of that organization, he should be fired. But, of course, you can't fire an owner. You have to relieve them. But, of course, they won't. Why? Because it's about the bottom line. It's about this, bro. Here. That's it. That's all it is. That's just it. Like the, just like, you know, when we were talking about gambling on some other platforms, when we were talking about it, even from last year, I says, don't worry, it's coming. It's coming to a store near you. Right. In the next four to five years, you will have a paramutual facility and or a sports book in every single sports venue in this country. Don't worry. Why do you think Chicago wants to go to Arlington? Because it's convenient to get in and out of? No. Right. Are you kidding me? Right. It's the millions of dollars that the owners and the management, and it's going to filter down the sum of the players, are that they stand to make revenues from. Yeah. Okay? And yeah. you know what? I'm an advocate for gambling, and I'm going to go full screen when I explain this. I'm an advocate for gambling. I've been I've been a professional handicapper for way over 30 years, whether it's paramutuals or sports, and I don't agree with this. I do not agree with sports betting at the venue where they actually play. Why do I say that? I don't know. What happened three, four years ago in the NBA? Anybody mm -hmm. remember what happened with the referees? Should I bring up particular baseball players that I've known personally now for well over 30 years? That are never going to get into the Hall of Fame? Should I bring up other people that have been accused of gambling in Chicago 
that it never got brought up because it might tarnish a particular brand? Mm. Why make it easier? What stops a player coming off the field, looking up in the stands in section 103, seat four, and he's just touching his helmet and his shirt like he's given signs from a baseball game, and that means, hey, they ain't going to score on this drive. Go bet me 50 dimes on it. What stops people from the corruption of this happening? You know, and another thing is, Roger Goodell, he's the hypocrite of hypocrites, Peter. Of course he okay? is. He's the hypocrite of hypocrites. You remember back in 02 when the Buccaneers were in the Super Bowl and Las Vegas wanted to go ahead and put an advertisement on TV and they went, oh, no, gambling is the devil. You remember that, Peter? Of course. Then I in mean, 2017, what happened? Well, it still doesn't have a place for it, but, you know, we're going to look at it. In 2019, when they started doing everything with the collective bargaining agreement and they were all negotiating a whole bunch of things and they're like, wait a minute, hold on. There's a spot in the National Football League for gambling. Why? Because of this. It's the only reason why. Nothing else, nothing more. And it's a shame. It really is. Is it going to be convenient? I don't know. And other people, they make the claim, Peter, they're saying, well, it's too easy. You could just use one of these Mm -hmm. and go ahead and make a bet. But wait a minute. Players aren't allowed to have one of these in the dugout. Players are not allowed to have one of these on the sidelines. There's too many cameras staring at them. But when you have a sports book in the stadium, there's going to be corruption. I'm not going to go off on too much of a tangent. We're going to go to the next game. New York Jets at the New England Patriots. The Patriots are a six-and-a-half-point favorite, 42-and-a-half. New York, let me tell you something. They look good one game, look horrible the next. New England... A lot of money they spent in the offseason. Kind of reminded me what the Snyders did back in Washington when they spent all that money and didn't get anything out of it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to Texas. Peter, what does it mean? El Paso, pass on the game. But I'll tell you right now, I like the New England Patriots in it, but you're passing on the game. I like the Patriots coming off that loss to the Dallas Cowboys there in, on uh, OT. Mm-hmm. The Jets are lifeless to me. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. I don't. Detroit Lions at the Los Angeles Rams. The return of Jared Goff going back to L.A. (laughs) Matthew Stafford saying hello to his team. The Rams are a 16, let me repeat it, a 16 and a half point favorite. What? Yeah. I mean, I guess they could be a 30 point favorite. I'm just going to watch it just to see how Goff plays and how Matthew Stafford, if if they're going to cheer him. But there's no way that I could play this game. Peter, I'm going to Texas. What does that mean? That means El Paso pass on the game. Absolutely. Do you like Do you like the Rams to win by more than 16, or do you think it's ballsy to do that? I mean, the Lions, they play tough this year, right? I mean, yes, they have they to put up on Dan Campbell, but I like the Rams in this game. I had mm-hmm. too much talent. Of course, Matt Stafford, he's going to be motivated. And then on top of it, you know, it's kind of like the Brady effect, right? I mean, you get a veteran quarterback and a Stafford, The players know how much he wants it, so they want to win it just as much as he does for him. I like the uh, Rams big in this game over the Lions just because of that fact. They're focused on it, and look, they're going to downplay it. They're going to downplay it just like uh, the Bucs downplayed it, but what you heard out of those press conferences from those various players is they wanted to win it for Brady. I think the same could be said. With this Rams team, these players want to win it for Stafford, and they will on Sunday. You see, I think 
that these players want to win it for golf because they has been made a mockery of. Matthew Stafford is considered to be way up here, and Jared Goff is like kind of way down here. Honestly, that's that's my honest opinion. I can't touch the game. I'm going to Texas, which means passing on the game. El Paso. You got it. Philadelphia at the Vegas Raiders without John Gruden. The Raiders are only minus three, but the total is 48 and a half. Uh, Philadelphia's got a nice little offensive going, a lot of offense going, and that defense has been playing a lot better. Vegas is still banged up at the running game. They're missing their starting left tackle, if I'm not mistaken, and one of the wide receivers are a little bit banged up defensively. They're hurting a smidge as well. I can't bet the game, but this is actually one game that if you backed me into a corner, I'd actually say take Vegas at home and lay the three points here. I kind of like it, but not enough to bet it, Peter. What do you like? No, I like the Raiders in this game, and I'll tell you why. What they did last week with Rich Basaccia, of course, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers special teams coordinator, who has been passed on immensely by other NFL teams. He should have been a head coach a long time ago, and you could see what he did last week with the Raiders with all that disruption, with you know all those distractions to come out and blow the Broncos out. I like the Raiders in this team, and I'll tell you right now, the Bucs had more penalty yards than the Eagles had offensive yards. That's offensive in itself. Jalen Hurts, to me, is a one-read quarterback, which basically means he sees one read and he takes off. That's not going to work versus that Raiders defense. They're going to get after him. Max Crosby, they have plenty of weapons on that defensive line. They can do it. I like the Raiders in this, and I believe in them. I, I kind of do as well, but not enough to bet them. And now, the insignificant game of the week. Well, the Houston Texans at Arizona, Arizona's minus. You ready? Yeah. Drum roll. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you the insignificant sound. Okay. 18 and a half point underdogs on the road at Arizona totals 47 and a half. Now. I've made a lot of money in gambling this year in the past couple of years because I do take a lot of underdogs. Because whenever you get to be more than a 10-point favorite, and remember that I said this for later on in the uh, in the show, mm-hmm. teams have a tendency of laying down and not playing up to their abilities. Houston, on the other hand, when Tyrod Taylor, let me repeat it, when Tyrod Taylor was playing, they were playing inspired football. Lovey Smith has had this defense playing very well in the first half and sometimes through three quarters in games. And sometimes in the fourth quarter, just kind of gets away from him because of the lack of offense. Davis Mills, the quarterback from Stanford, the one that I really like coming out of the draft this year, just a game or two ago, had three touchdown passes, 300, uh, 300 plus yards pass, and looked like a quarterback that I thought he was going to develop into. But man, this is Arizona. They're going to be at home. You got J.J. Watt, who's going to be going up against his old team. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Houston's going to come in there and play inspired football. I'm going to give a small play here. You take Houston plus 12 in the first half to play this game. Because if Houston's going to make a game of it, it's going to be in the first half. Arizona's going to get caught. Going to get caught by surprise a little bit here in the first half. This is a game you make a very small position. You do not take the 18 points for the game. This is a game you play the first half. You're going to get almost 12 points in some books and play the over in the first half. So I like Houston very small in the first half and over. I love the underdog in this game, only in the first half. Peter? 
Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you on that because, look, you, you may overlook them. They're not a great team. They don't have a lot of great talent. You have a rookie quarterback. You're exactly right. But, boy, that second half is going to be gangbusters. With that defense getting after, you talk about J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones. Yep. Uh, they really do a great job of getting after the quarterback. And once you get after a rookie quarterback and force him into decisions he doesn't want to make, those are turnover problems. Those turn into pick sixes. And the way Kyler Murray has looked on that offense and all those wide receivers, especially they look, they look superb. Okay. Are they the biggest surprise for you in the National Football League this year being undefeated? Now that you put it that way, probably yeah. Okay. I think the biggest surprise, believe it or not, is a team that didn't produce anything and it was in the NFC least, which were the New York Giants. Mm. Okay, that was just my own personal opinion. Um, well, that would be that would be your biggest disappointment. Are the without, Arizona, are the Arizona Cardinals the biggest surprise? And I say that because look, they have the weapons, and on paper they look good. But you don't know if Kyler Murray can stay healthy. You don't know if AJ Green can, uh, you know, work in that system. Of course, with you know all those weapons, DeAndre Hopkins and Christian Kirk, could yep. they make it fit? But you know, the surprising thing is not necessarily Kyler Murray and the weapons. The surprising thing is how good that defense is and what J.J. Watt and what kind of impact he's made on another side of the ball for Chandler Jones. Good point, Pete. Thank very, you. very, 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 very good point. Very good point. I don't even know how to respond to that, bro. Honestly, I don't. That's a good point. They're the toughest team. They're undefeated right now. I mean, they're 6-0 and in one I of the just, toughest divisions in football. Look, I thought the Giants were going to be the surprise team. I really did. Yeah. Not because of it. Look, they got some decent talent. They had to do better than what they did last year. And the NFC East was so challenged, it wasn't even funny. I'm still not a believer in Dallas, okay? That defense, people are trying to talk it up, and they're trying to hype it up. They got two players. They got a middle linebacker, and they got a corner. Yeah. Still nobody to rush the quarterback. They stink on defense, period, the end. You're nothing you're going to do nor tell me that's going to tell me that this Dallas team is Super Bowl ready. Their offense can be stopped, period. Ezekiel Elliott is not the same player he was before he got paid, okay? And that tells me a lot about someone's character. Okay. So is Arizona the surprise team? Hindsight's 2020. I'll have to tell you yes, because I didn't even have them win in their division this year. I thought the Rams, arguably, and I'm really sorry to say this, was the best team in the National Football League, period, because of the acquisition of Matthew Stafford. Eh, I don't yeah. know. They yeah. might even be the best team in their division, okay? <laughs> I'm going to get back to the comments really quick. Roger Shoe says, fire an owner, you're nuts. I agree with Roger on there. Wow, look, Mike DeRoche from North of the Border. Mike, how you doing? Thank you so much for tuning in to 1252 Sports. Hey, Harry, long time. What's up, Facebook Harry? user, and you know what? I know exactly who this is. This is Mr. Banner. Harold. He's the only one that calls me Harold. God <laughs> bless it, man. I, I That's hate my you. Little name, by the way. I don't get it. Harold, what's the difference between betting in a stadium paramutual and betting sitting in a stadium on your phone? Great question. I will I will have that conversation with you off air. I, I can't give out all my secrets. Look, man, there's only so much you can bet off a telephone. Yeah. That's one of them, but that is a good point. And the reason why I want to talk it off air, because damn it, you made me look silly here. <laughs> I want to go back to the Giants thing. I think it's silly and nuts to actually believe that Daniel Jones is going to change his stripes. He is a turnover machine. And on top of it, when Saquon could stay healthy, yes, they're a scary team. But 
He has not been able to stay healthy the last couple of years. He's almost like Odell Beckham, who, who by the way, you know, made a couple of catches on Thursday night. He probably got hurt getting out of bed this morning. I Tell mean, me about it. Honestly. And then going back to the Cowboys, you know, the greatness of Diggs making plays and then the greatness of Diggs looking like burnt right. toast. I mean, that's the problem with the Cowboys. They're so inconsistent, but so talented. And then the bad news for Cowboy fans, and, and, and it could be bad news, Dak Prescott hurting his calf. What's the seriousness of that situation? Good thing they have a bye week, but is that a lingering problem, Harry the Greek, for this team? Because we know if Dak is out of this, out of this game, okay, they're a different offense. No, I have a I I agree with you totally on that. I really do. I agree totally with you on that. With that being said, I don't know. I don't know how you uh, can like the New York Giants. I, I don't know how you fall into that. I mean, look, I don't so I, I don't like them now. I never really liked them. I like them from a handicapping perspective and a betting perspective. Okay. My record this year on picks that I've given out on both platforms, I am 23, 7, and 1. Let me Hold repeat on. it. Hold on a sec. Hold on. Let me give it to you. I'll give it to you. Got it. I got it. I got another one for you. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Sing it. Come on. That's you right there, man. I mean, you're the Windy City's finest. Harry the Greek killing it with all his picks. And if you guys aren't tuning in, obviously, you like being poor. I don't know. Seriously, 23-7-1 is what my record is. It's not as good as what it was last year, but you know what? I still have that horseshoe, and I hate to curse, but I have that horseshoe in my ass, and I'm not giving it back anytime (laughs) soon, okay? And I pick it by a lot of underdogs. I love home underdogs. I mean, people that know me know exactly how I wager. But I liked the New York Giants from a handicapping's perspective. And out of those seven losses, Peter, three of them had to do with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Three. Mm-hmm. You won't see me betting on this team anytime soon. I wouldn't bet on them at all. I wouldn't nope. bet on them if they're healthy. I mean, the only thing that gives me... Uh, you know, oh, look who it is. Yes, look at this. Roger Shoe, great show, Harry. Going to bed, gotta work tomorrow. See you on Sunday. Bear down. Oh, Roger. <laughs> oh, look at that. You know what? This is what I got to say about Roger right here. Oh my god, who the hell cares? I'll be honest, <laughs> who cares about you? Roger, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Nighty night, termite. Go to sleep. <laughs> let's get back to the uh let's get back to the task at hand, brother people do there roger that's what happens right there oh god (laughs) now let's get into some money games washington football team at the green bay packers this is what i have the way green bay schedule is constructed this shapes up to be a potential trap game for the packers green bay is coming off consecutive road wins at cincinnati and chicago which we do not want to talk about the Packers will visit unbeaten Arizona Cardinals just four nights after the Washington game. They followed it up by traveling to Kansas City. That's a couple tough games, guys. Mm. With two demanding road tests on the horizon, Green Bay could be tempted to look past Sunday's game. Since throwing two interceptions and no touchdowns in the Packers' season opening loss, that was against the Saints, Rodgers has returned to his usual form. The three-time MVP has 12 TD passes and only one interception during the Packers' win streak. On the other hand, 
Washington just released kicker Dustin Hopkins and signed Chris Blewett to a he's a 26 year old who's making his first NFL regular season debut on Sunday. Now the Bear fans should know who Chris Blewett is because he was on the roster here just a couple of years ago. He blew the guy it. can the guy can actually kick a little bit. I don't know what he's going to kick like in a game, but we're going to find out. Green Bay seven and a half point favorites, a total 47 and a half. I really like this game. And to your surprise, I like the road underdog here. I don't like them on the money line. I don't think that Washington's going to lose. However, you can make a small position here and bet Washington to actually win this game on the money line. Very small. But I really like Washington getting seven and a half points. I'd wait the closer to game time as you can get because I'm telling you now, you might even get this to eight, eight and a half. Everybody watched that game against Green Bay and Chicago. Chicago looked very good against this team for about a half. I'm going into the third quarter. I don't remember exactly what quarter it was with the offsides. Justin Fields thought he had a had a free play through the interception in the end zone. This is not really going to be the same. For Washington, the beer kid, Mr. Tyler Heineke himself, grew up idolizing Green Bay, grew up idolizing Brett Favre. Now he's playing against Aaron Rodgers. Washington's defense is not what it was last year. But let me tell you something. <laughs> Neither is Green Bay's. And Washington has a much better promise of getting better on defense. Peter, who do you like and why? Green Bay, and it's close. It's not a blowout. It's not by six or seven points. I think it's a close game. Even though the Washington football team has taken a step back defensively, I just feel like they're playing better. You have Antonio Gibson. You have Terry McLaren. They do have some weapons on this team. I still think this defense may show up. But I'll tell you right now, you know, for Aaron Rodgers owning Chicago, it's oh, not God. like lights out versus that Bears defense. So, yeah, I'm not really sold necessarily on this Packer offense. I still think there's a distraction there with an Aaron Rodgers in that locker room. It, it just doesn't look yep. To me, they're winning close games. I get it. It's a close game, but Packers winning over the Washington football team. But they win it, but they don't. They, they don't. They, they don't cover the seven and a half. I really like Washington getting seven and a half points. I'm going to love them when they get the eight, eight and a half. Put your smart money on this team. I really like it. Do not like the over under on it. All right. Do you want to hear what Tom Brady had to say when talking about Aaron? First and foremost, let me ask you a question, Harry the Greek. Yes, what sir. Were your thoughts? on Aaron Rodgers and his display uh, of disrespect, if you will, with the discount double check and then saying to the fans, I own you, I own you. What were your thoughts on that? I am going to give you a concise answer when we get to that game. And there's a reason for it. And I know you got a little treat for us. Can we go? Can we wait just a little bit? We'll wait a little bit. Yes. Perfect. Next game, Atlanta Falcons at the Miami Dolphins. Atlanta is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Miami. The Dolphins are trying to avoid the starting 0-3 at home for what would be the only second time in the last 10 years. Miami lost its first home games, first four home games back in 2019. Look, man, you know the 88% rule. When you have a road team that is exactly a two-and-a-half-point favorite, you always go the other way. 88% of the times, the home team actually wins the game. Not cover, they win. Play Miami on the money line just because of statistics and odds. I do like Miami getting the two and a half, but I like them even more on the money line. Tua is healthy. 
He looked good throwing the ball. Their defense is going to be okay. The running game is going to be coming back. And why is Atlanta favored over anybody? Oh, wait a minute, because everybody's fooled again because Matt Ryan in the last three games has eight or nine touchdowns and zero interceptions. But hold on. Footnote, everybody. They have no defense. This might be the only defense that's worse than Dallas's. Okay? Yes. Okay. Play Miami at home. Second favorite, sorry, third favorite game of the week. Peter, who do you like and why? I like Miami in this game, even though Tua threw a pitiful interception. They lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars to a field goal in London. I think Miami comes back. They're at home. And then all the rumors this week about Miami making a trade for Deshaun Watson. Tua has to prove himself. And I like that defense to uh, counterpunch, if you will, that Atlanta Falcon offense. I like the Miami Dolphins. Good deal. I have another comment coming through here. Mr. Mike DeRocher, Buccaneers, 35 care bears, 10. <laughs> oh, God, that's a good one. I do like that Hi, one. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, Mike. That was a pretty good one. The next game, the Philadelphia, I'm sorry, Indianapolis Colts at San Francisco. Frisco's minus four and the total's 42 and a half. Here's a little footnote for you. Colts quarterback Carson Wentz will also get to see 49ers quarterback Trey Lance and another North Dakota State grad. The two developed a friendship before Lance was taken in the first round this year. Lance is not expected to play because of a knee injury. However, Jimmy Garoppolo should step into the starting quarterback for the Niners after missing one game before the bye with an injured right calf. Indy is plus seven turnover differential is tied for third in the National Football League. I love Indianapolis, guys. I love their defense. I really like what Carson Wentz was doing. Uh, but a little footnote. It's not San Francisco's defense. They're going to run the brakes off this team. I'm telling you, they will run and keep running and running, and they're going to set up the play action pass. DeForest Buckner, they're going to go ahead and double team him. They're going to have success on the ground for San Francisco. Garoppolo throws for three touchdowns in here. I like San Francisco laying the four points. And you ready for this? I like the over 42 and a half in this game. It's not one of my best games, but I like San Fran minus four and un, I'm sorry, over 42 and a half. What yeah, like? I, I kind of like the over on this too. And I know I'll tell you why, because Carson Wentz gets T.Y. Hilton back last week. He's very productive. He may be the missing piece uh, of that offense. You got Jonathan Taylor, who's very productive. Can Carson Wentz stay healthy? And once again, that is not against that San Francisco defense, but I like San Francisco in this game. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you know, the running the ball. I'm not sure if the Colts can stop that running game. I like the 49ers at home, and I, I agree with you. I think it could be an up and down game where it's high scoring instead of what a lot of people expect a defensive battle. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we got another comment in here. Pig Dog Video 2001. Harry, is Dearness Johnson a future 1,000 yard rusher or is he the next Timmy Smith? You know what? If he gets his opportunity, I think he can be. Peter? I mean, he's shown flashes of brilliance before. I mean, he was down here as an Orlando Apollo, I believe, uh, in the old AAF League. Uh, I believe he went to Oregon, so he's been productive, but you're exactly right. It comes down to, is he going to get those opportunities? And you would say not because you've got Kareem Hunt, and, of course, uh, you've got the other uh, running back, Nick Chubb. So if those two are healthy, which it would seem like they're going to be in the next couple weeks, I don't see Johnson eclipsing a thousand yards i don't yeah pretty good pretty good next game you ready yeah 
these games get better. Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh. Baltimore is minus six and a half. The total is 45 and a half. It's a divisional game. The Bengals have waited a while for a game like this. After five straight losing seasons, the Bengals have a chance to move into the tie for the top of the AFC North if they can win a division leading Baltimore on Sunday. That's not an easy feat. The Ravens have won five in a row in this series. In the past, three haven't even been close, Peter. Baltimore beat Cincinnati 49-13 to in their second meeting in 2019, then swept the Bengals last season without even allowing a touchdown. Think about that. The Ravens won 27-3 and 38-3, and in the most recent matchups between the teams, Baltimore rushed for a franchise record. You ready? <laughs> 404 yards. Granted, that was against a lifeless offense from Cincinnati because Burrow went down and they didn't have Jamar Chase, And but the defense hasn't changed either. A loss, however, would give the Ravens some surprising company in first place. Injuries have been a constant backdrop for the Ravens ever since they lost running backs J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards before the season even began. This week, they put an offensive lineman, Ronnie Stanley, ankle on injured reserve. He hasn't even played since the opener. Receiver Sammy Watkins' thigh missed last week's game, and running back Latavius Murray hurt his ankle. However, Murray is supposed to be able to play. Here's my thought on this game, Peter. Mm -hmm. I am not going to Texas in this game. I'm going to have a very, very large position. I've always said you never lay more than five points against a division opponent. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Did I say ever enough? Ever. Okay. Baltimore has made me a believer. This young man... Lamar Jackson is learning. I'm going to say it right up front. He has learned how to throw the ball very well with precision as well as using his legs. He has now become an official dual threat quarterback when just a week or two ago he threw for 400 yards. Woke me right up, bro. Woke me up. Cincinnati, I love Joe Burrow coming out of LSU, and I'm glad he got his his, his counterpart with, with his wide receiver. But they've done nothing to address that offensive line. It's going to be a long day for Burrow. Defensively, they can't keep up with Lamar Jackson. I don't know how Cincinnati scores in this game. And by the way, statistically, Peter, I don't know if you knew this, but Joe Burrow has more completions over 30 yards than anybody in the National Football League. That ain't happening in this game. Lay the wood. You lay Baltimore minus the six and a half. I don't like the over or under in this game, but this is one of my top picks of the week. It's one of my top picks of the year. Mm. Okay. Baltimore. Absolutely. Just say it with me. It's cathartic. Baltimore. 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 That's all you got to do is say Baltimore. Peter, what do you think? Does Quote Baltimore win big here or do you like Cincinnati? Quote the Raven nevermore. If you weren't woken up by that performance last week versus the supposed high-powered offense of Justin Herbert and the L.A. Chargers, then when are you going to wake up? This Ravens team is for real defensively and offensively, and I get it. Look, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals have uh, definitely grown leaps and bounds. Joe Burrow and his development, Jamar Chase, but like you said, they should have focused on that offensive line. I think this is going to come back to haunt them, if you will. Baltimore wins this game, and they win it by at least 10 points or more. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, even Mike DeRoche got on top of it. Say, say it with me. Baltimore. Baltimore. Hang on. I'll do it for you, Mike. Just for you, buddy. Ready? Ready? Baltimore. 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 <laughs> uh, Mike, I got to say one thing because we going back and forth. Uh, how about those Tampa Bay Lightning two-time 
Stanley Cup champs. All right, I'm done. Hold on. I, I understand about you and your Tampa Bay with your Tampa Bay Lightning, but Mike and I have something in common. You want to know what it is? What's that? The Chicago Blackhawks. Say it with me, Peter. It's cathartic. They're, I know they're not that good this year, but <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks. I know that's Mike. I, it made me tell you something. Mike DeRoche loves him. Mike DeRoche chimes in with Josh Rosen. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> here, here we go. Ready? How about new? Oh, we got a caller coming in. Oh. Welcome to the Over Under. You're live on the air with Harry DeGreek and my co-host this evening, Mr. Peter Blake. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Mr. Blake Anthony. Oh, God. The show just got smarter. Blake <laughs> uh, Blake Sports right there. Sports Talk 49 of NSPN. Is everybody from Tampa going to troll me this week? What's happened to Mr. Blake? Oh, nothing much, guys. I figured a duo got to make it a trio. Yeah. You know what? I like that. Yeah. I, I do like that. What you got today, Blake? <laughs> oh, man. I'm just calling in to check in with you guys and see what kind of trouble I can get into. I, I don't know, man. I don't know if you can get in too much trouble with us, man. We're just kind of like hanging out, doing a show, just eating bonbons, telling stories, things, things like that. But since <laughs> I got you on the phone, who do you like between Cincinnati and the Baltimore Ravens? Ravens are minus six and a half. That means they're favored by six and a half. Uh, okay, Ravens should come away with this game, even though Cincinnati has beat up on our defensive line with the addition of Trey Hendrickson and uh, a bunch of other players. Uh, but uh, Baltimore should be the favorite in this game. Uh, the running game starting to get together. Lamar Jackson's always going to be elusive on the ground. He's just got to be consistently accurate. At key points in the game, but I don't foresee, you know, I foresee Jamar Chase, you know, getting his yards, but not going buck wild on that Baltimore defense. I don't know how they score for Cincinnati in this game. This is one of my top picks of the of the week, not only the week of the year so far. And I don't like to give up more than five points, especially in a division game. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I just can't see how Cincinnati even keeps up with this team, guys. The success for Burrow this year has been when he spread out, and he did that against Jacksonville's defense. I get a defense of Jacksonville isn't nowhere near as good as Baltimore. There's a defense but, in Jacksonville? I mean, right, exactly. But Burrow's success has been when they spread it out. Do you take the chance and spread the Baltimore Ravens out? Do you do that, or is that a bad thing to do? Oh, that'll be. Let me answer that question. And I'm going to let Blake go ahead and answer it. If <laughs> if Joe Burrow doesn't want to end up with his other knee in a sling, he right. better not be stretching that freaking <laughs> team around. Because I'm telling you now, it will happen once, maybe twice. And then Mr. Harbaugh will probably send eight after him and give him a hit. Trust me, you do not want to do this. That offensive line is one of the worst in all of football. It's almost as bad is Chicago's offensive line right now. I kid you not. Mm. Except the difference is they can't run block like they do in Chicago. At least Chicago can run block. Blake? I agree. Oh, yeah. Um, how did Joe Burrow get out, go out injured last year? Oh, it was poor protection from his left tackle. So you decided to spread it out, spread him out against Baltimore's tenacious pass rush. Good luck, Joe Burrow. You ain't out running everybody. This is an LSU, this is the NFL now, and the Baltimore Ravens will get after you. Yep. Well, here comes the last game that I'm going to tout. You're going to be able to stay on the phone for this one, uh, Mr. Blake? Yeah, go ahead, 
ahead. I got five more minutes with you. Good. <laughs> Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa right now at most books are minus 12 and a half. The total is 47 points. Coach Bruce Arians likes what he sees from rookie Justin Fields, noting the young quarterback not only has a strong arm, but also the ability to give opposing defenses fits when he decides to tuck the ball and run. Chicago might rank last in the National Football League in total offense and be the only team in the league that averages more yards per game rushing than passing. That's something that Tampa only wishes they could do, but anyway. But Arian says that there are talented players around fields who gives the Bears who are 3-3 three and three, the potential to be more productive. It won't be easy for Chicago, who leads the NFL with 21 sacks to replicate their success. Tampa Bay leads the league in passing, however, is 28th in rushing. The defending champs don't have a 100-yard rusher this season. However, Fournette has provided balance by assuming greater workload and also getting involved in passing attack. The past three games, his 376 yards from scrimmage over that stretch are the third most in the National Football League, only behind Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. The Bears rank dead last in the NFL in total offense, even though they are seventh in rushing. Clearly, they have to do a lot more in the passing game. Who do you like here in this game? Not so much from a winner, but from a handicapping standpoint. Tampa's favorite by 12. This line's going to go to 13 and a half, and in some cases, it's going to be as high as 14. I am going to start with you, Blake, on the phone. Do you think Tampa beats them by this much, or do you think Chicago could cover the spread? Well, I'm going to steal your line here. It depends on who's calling this ball game. They're just going to try to put, run the ball against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and not really put the ball in the air and try to, uh, you know, simplify your way or try to do an air raid show with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's not going to happen, especially if you can't get to Tom Brady. They're going to put up another 25 points or 30 points a game if that happens. The Bears have to find some way to get turnovers. But if you're asking me, uh, 12 is a lot of points. Uh, I would have to say take the Bears in the points. Wow. Blake, I appreciate you calling in. You know what? I can't wait to do this some other time. Love to have you live on the show. We'll talk to you soon, but thank you so much for calling in. No problem. Thank you. Yeah, Blake. Cheers, brother. Peter? Yes. You heard it. I'm not going to keep going through, and I'm not going to keep beating a dead rabbit. This is where you and I are going to go ahead and talk. Who do you like and why? I like the Bucks, of course, but I think it's a closer game than uh, a lot of people anticipate, and I'll tell you why, because the Bears do have a talented defense that kind of scares you just a little bit, and to that point, do the Bucs really have to win this game by 12 or 15 points? No, I think they're going to win it the way they won a lot of their games in the second half of the year. They're going to have balance. They're going to run the ball with Leonard Fournette. They're going to set up that pass play action. I like Brady and the Bucs to win. I would say maybe by 10 points. I still think the Bears make this a lot closer because of that defense. And even if Robert Quinn plays or not, and if he does play, then it's totally different. But if he doesn't, you still have Khalil Mack to worry about. You still have Akeem Hicks. You still have Roquan Smith. I think the Bears will keep it close. But what you kind of worry about here is Justin Fields being a rookie versus a Todd Bull scheme. Even though the Bucs have all those injuries in that back end, and Levante David is missing, you still think they're going to put pressure on him and maybe try to call some turnovers like what happened last week versus the Packers. With that being said, it's a close game between the Bucs and the Bears, as it always is. Perfect. And you know what else I'd like you to do? Why don't you go ahead and play that clip? Because I'd like the people up in the Midwest to actually take a look at this. I'm sure they've already seen it, but for people that haven't, enjoy this. Yeah, I mean, this was Tom Brady and his comments about Aaron Rodgers owning the Packers here live 
on the over-under? You know, I was studying a little bit on the Bears and, and the Packers and, and watched a lot of that. That was another great game. And I, actually, before we get started, I wanted to say congrats to Aaron. Rodgers, obviously, uh, not always a great quarterback, but I guess he's now a shareholder of the Bears. He was, you know, I, <laughs> I saw a clip of him really enthusiastically telling the crowd how happy he is to own Soldier Field. And uh, it's really great stuff. He owns the Bucks now, part owner of Soldier Field. So um, he's he's got a, a great career beyond football. What do you own, Tom? Uh, how about upstate New York? Uh, you're 32 and three. Uh, have you staked a claim on, on Buffalo yet? <laughs> Not yet, not yet. Nope. I just I want to settle for for a few things less than that. I'm I'm cool with owning a few uh, just a few lucky autographs. That's what I have my owner of. How about how about possibly uh, New York City? You're 30 and eight against the Jets. Oh no, I'll just take the color green. I don't need the Jets. I'll just own the color green. I think that's a little bit better. It's all right. <laughs> wow, that's I mean, good. And that's the difference, ladies and gentlemen. That's the difference between. Tom Brady is a quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. Brady will take less money. He'll roll it down the road so this team can you know, re-sign their players so they can compete for a Super Bowl. And here's Aaron Rodgers with his selfish statement, with his selfish actions during the offseason. And that's the difference. That's the reason why Tom Brady has seven championships and Aaron Rodgers only has one. And more than likely, will never get another championship again because you know why? He is selfish self-centered, and on top of it, he's one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league. That formula doesn't work in the National Football League. You know what that means? Not for long. It's exactly what it means. Now I'm going to give you my take on this game, Peter, mm -hmm. and I'm going to give you the keys on why I think the Bears could actually upset this team in Tampa. They did it last year. Both teams last year did have some injuries, but that was last year. Different play calling, different quarterback. I mean, really different quarterback. I understand they're dead last in the National Football League on offense, but you do see flashes of brilliance coming out of this young man in Chicago. His legs, his arm. I don't like the way he delivers the football. Sometimes it's a little bit too long. It doesn't get on the receivers long enough. But let me give you the reasons why. Minter, who I like a lot as a linebacker, is going to be playing for Levante David. He's the one who's going to have to spy on Justin Fields. Minter couldn't catch you or me on a wheel route. Okay? Can't. Could not happen. Won't happen. Very good pass defender, but not a really good run stopper. Chicago's not going to let Justin Fields get themselves into too much trouble. They're not going to allow him to try to get into a shootout with a Tom Brady. Trust me. However, it's going to be very tempting because Tampa's going to play their base defense like they always do, 10 to 15 yards off the line of scrimmage, and implore you to run the football, which Chicago will have success doing this because they have no further choice. When it decides to sneak that eighth person up into the box, that's when Chicago's going to take a shot with Darnell Mooney. Allen Robinson has not, let me repeat, has not been a factor this year yet. He does get growing, going this year. On the defensive side of the football, the Chicago Bears got their Vita Vea back with Eddie Goldman. In every game that he's played, he's gotten a little bit better. That makes everybody in that defense so much better, especially with arguably one of the better linebackers in the National Football League, undeniably, that's Mr. Roquan Smith. I haven't even talked about Khalil Mack. I'm talking about Roquan Smith. 
he will nullify Tampa's running game, whatever they want to throw at them that way. 12 points, Peter, is a ton of points. I will have a very small position this week on the Bears on the money line. Very, very small position because the returns are just so astronomical. They're not supposed to win. But let me give you some statistics. Out of the last time, 10 times that the Buccaneers have been favorite by this many points, they've covered, are you ready? Once. <laughs> and One Tom time. Brady, and Tom Brady doesn't cover this year. He has not covered nope. this year. It's been not like that. To figure out this Bucks offense, and then to compound matters, you're going to miss a Gronkowski, who's a big mm -hmm. part of this offense, and on top of it, Antonio yep. Brown, who may be single-handedly their best wide receiver. In fact, you know he's a go-to guy for Tom. This is a trap game, Peter. This could be a trap game, but I still this this is this is the game that all the Tampa fans were talking about. Oh my God, it could be a trap game. You think it's going to be Atlanta? Do you think it'll be Carolina? No. No. They're talking about the 31st and 32nd ranked offense from the Chicago Bears coming down here, and they're going to put up, you ready, Peter? You ready? Mm -hmm. They're going to run for over 100 yards, and he's going to have over 200 yards passing. If he limits his mistakes, this game's going to be a lot closer than what you think. If you really want to play this game, you take Chicago in the first half. I know this Tampa team like the back of my hand. They are one of the best teams in the entire National Football League, but they do not play well against lesser opponents, and I'm not trying to downgrade Chicago. They did it against the Giants last year. They were losing against the Giants. They were 12-and-a-half-point favorites. You and I were watching the game together from the deck bar and grill, if you remember, Yeah. and I was calling out particular plays. Chicago's defense comes up with two turnovers in this game. If both of them are in the first half, Chicago is definitely covering because they're going to give this young offense a very short field. Believe me, they're not immortal. You have the GOAT there in Tampa, but they're not immortal, and they are pretty banged up, and they are definitely not playing. They may be 5-1, and one, Peter, mm. but this is not the same 5-1 and one team. I don't have that giddy feeling in my stomach like I did last year when they were 7-5, and five, and I knew they were going to the playoffs. Nobody in Tampa even thought they were going to make the playoffs let alone win the Super Bowl, okay? Very few people, very few people, but I've seen something in this team. This team is not playing up to that ability like they did last year, and this defense is a shell of himself of what it was last year and due to the fact of all the injuries. Correct. Think? Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I think they are a shell of themselves, but when you're missing, you know, a Carlton Davis, a Sean Murphy, Bunting, a Levante David, now a Richard Sherman, it's tough. It's tough to call those blitzes by Todd Bowles, but somehow, some way, and uh, you know, to counteract you a little bit, you think Kevin Mentor is going to be the quarterback spy, or do you think uh, Mr. Forty Five Devin White's going to be the quarterback spy? I would go with Devin White, and I'll tell you right now, I think this defense will be more prepared simply because of what happened on Thursday night with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. They did run for over a hundred yards. They're not going to do that versus this Bucks defense, and this defense. We'll be ready to go to contain Justin Fields. If Fields is going to beat this Bucks team, you force him to beat you from the pocket, not with his legs. Without question. But I, I, I think he's going to be running very well, and I, and I think that's going to be the game plan. You're going to see a lot of RPOs. Tampa is very good against the RPO. They struggle against really mobile quarterbacks, but they do struggle against that RPO just a smidge, especially when you do not have Levante David in there. That is the biggest loss for this team in my opinion it's not the secondary peter it's not 
No. It, it, Levante David, that is your general on your defense. He is in charge of everything sitting back there going, hey, hey, guys, this is where we're going to be. He He's the field general on your defense, period, the end. We're going to get to some of the comments really quick. Uh, Mike says, Ravens over Bengals by 10 with a question mark. Absolutely. Just win the game. Mike DeRoche, TB12, he's the best. I'd have to agree with you on that. Mike says, last year, Bucks beat Bucks beat the Bucks by penalties. You know what? That's a great point. Yep. But what people don't realize, Chicago was being penalized as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what cost them that game was Vaughn, the running back, when he took that little ball, when he took the pass out of the backfield. Yep. And he just got blew up. That's why they got beat, Mike. It wasn't because of the penalty. Chicago wanted it more in that game, unfortunately. Well, but you know what? Turning over the ball before halftime, you give the offense that momentum, and then the offense gets a will route, and then instead of down being down 13 to nothing, it's 13 to 7. And Mike is sort of right because at the critical time late in that fourth quarter, Shaq Barrett picks up a 15-yard penalty, which once again changes the complexion of the game and gives new life to a Nick Foles and that offense. You have them down, but that penalty is called. And to me, you know, it, it, I don't know how they're calling uh, roughing the passer these days, but you can't really touch a quarterback. And once again, that gave the bears new life and they were able to go and no, I do remember that. Yeah. But but I also remember this. Yeah. Yeah. That or that. that, Are you sure? Last year, the Bucks beat I guess. How close are 523, 54, 81, and 87 from getting back in the lineup? Half of them should be getting back pretty close. But I'm going to tell you right now, I do not see Rob Gronkowski getting hurried back into the lineup. That he's got more broken ribs than uh, than uh, what's his name had for New Orleans last oh, year. Oh, uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. And, and you would have thought, Harry, that you know with the ten days off, that Gronkowski would be ready to go, and he's yep. not. So that's kind of a worry. And then you know appearing on the injury report out of nowhere because he did bang up his ankle, but he didn't think it was that serious. Antonio Brown, who has been yeah, in some cases once again. The best wide receiver on this team. I mean, he could take the top off of a defense. I predicted that Antonio Brown was going to lead this team in yards. He was he going to did. be the best. He's going to be the best receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But again, I'm not on a Tampa platform. Well, here's the thing, Harry. What here's what you worry about with the Bears and the Bucks game, right? Because the Bucs are so undisciplined with penalties, and mm-hmm. this could favor the Chicago Bears if they're taking deep shots down the field with the Mooney and of course an Allen Robinson. You have so much inexperience besides maybe a Jamel Dean. And even then, uh, he's inconsistent. So you may. Jamel Dean has been toast this year, has not been the same player that I watched from last year. That secondary is in trouble. I'm Peter and Mike and everybody else who's watching out there. If Chicago is able to run this football with authority like they have these last three games, with not their first or second or third string running back, with their fourth string running back. If they continue to have that kind of success on the ground, this could be a very, very, very close game. I will bet you at steak dinner that the Bears do not get 100 yards of rushing in this game. Bro, you're going to lose again? It's I, like, what, you well, already owe me a ribeye. You haven't okay. paid the first ribeye. Well, Mister, I, I, who was I, it? Who was the, who, who was the bet? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. What was the bet? The bet was that the show should have taken Mac Jones, which they should have, because by the way, Trey Lance has been a little bit disappointing at the 
point. But how many steak dinners are out there owed to me? God just, bless his soul. Pat, I miss you, brother. His birthday, would, by the way, was a couple days ago. Uh-huh. And Pat would have been 41 years old, for those of you that don't know who it is. Uh, Damn. Pat was a very close friend of mine, uh, Peter's, and a few other people. Loves all kinds of sports. Extremely good, knowledgeable, back from the 90s, especially with 90s basketball. Good man. And, uh, you know, he, very unexpectedly, he had passed away. But uh, we had um, we had to bring that up. But Pat owed me a, a steak. Uh, Peter owes me a steak. I mean, half of the Tampa Bay area owed me a steak. I feel I I feel like uh, maybe we'll even it up. But there, I'm telling you, there's no way that the Bears run for 100 yards versus this vaunted Bucks defense. There's no way it's going to happen. It may they run for a buck fifty total. No way. I'm telling you, I, Peter. I will take your bets. I will I will bet the under. On that, Mr. Harry the Greek. Okay, but you, you, we just have 100 yards, right? Justin Fields alone is going to run for over 50 yards in this game. You think so? Oh, absolutely. All right. Absolutely. All anyway, right. <laughs> uh, Mike DeRocher, depth wins games, go Bucks. True. What depth do you have in the secondary? The last time I found out, Mike, if you open up your mailbox you'll find the invitation to please come down and suit up to play DB because they're out of people. Right now, they're using the janitor and the Johns coming out to try to play <laughs> DB for this team. Uh, Tyler Johnson is a sleeper game. I, I'm not too sure. I don't think Tyler's going to get too much action in this game for Tampa Bay. I really don't. Uh, I think they're going to concentrate on, uh, believe it or not, they're going to concentrate using the tight ends in this game because I'm going to tell you right now, they are going to get after Brady in this game, especially with that front seven for Chicago. They know exactly what they have to do. Jalen Johnson, now that Antonio Brown is not in the game, mm-hmm. he's going to man up against Mike Evans. Godwins is going to go against the second and the third stringer. They're going to have some success over there. Mike Evans is not going to have the type of game that you really think he's going to have. Jalen Johnson's one of the top-rated corners in the entire National Football League. What a pick he was coming out of college last year and falling out of the first round and right into Chicago's lap. But with that being said, they're going to utilize that tight ends. They are going to utilize Mr. Often Injured. I do not want to say his name because I feel very bad for his career. But <laughs> I, I expect him to have a pretty big game for Tampa Bay. Peter? I mean, yeah, uh, you got to like O.J. Howard. I mean, you can't say his name. Now he's going to get hurt. Damn it. Well, knock on wood. I mean, he was a man on the milk carton and he definitely showed out. A lot of people say, well, are you going to trade this guy? No, no, you're not going to trade this guy now because Gronkowski can get hurt. Cameron Bray can get hurt. And if Howard is playing well, that offense is that much better. And I agree with Mike. Tyler Johnson could be the guy that has a sleeper game simply because of his experience last year versus that Bears defense. He showed out, made some big catches. Remember, Mike Evans was hurt in the game. Eerily similar with this Bucks offense when Antonio Brown is out of this game. So Tyler Johnson has shown in his career and the limited snaps he's had, he can make some big catches. Mike might be on to something. That's a great point. Mike DeRocher says, I'll bet you a brisket. That's an inside joke. Yes, it is. And for people that don't know what this means, Mike lives in Canada, okay? Lives a very sheltered life. Great guy, great personality. Love having him on the show. He's just a super, super nice guy. The man has never had brisket before until last year for the first time. I want you to think about that. The poor guy has never eaten brisket. It's like a slice of heaven. I don't know what else to say. I've had brisket once, so I'm ready to bet you brisket, my friend. 
on uh, the uh, Bears being held under 100 yards. You ready? Not, not happening. You're on, Peter. All right, there you go. We'll, we'll shake right there. We'll, we'll uh, social what, what distancing. Shake. What happened? What, what happened every time you've made a bet with me? You've lost. Now the bear. Now you know what? Go to your proposition bets, and you'll notice that the Bears. You just have to bet over on whoever's running the football. Peter said it. They're cursed. Mike DeRoche says Peter Kucherov done for the year. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, there was an injury with uh, his groin. I don't think he's done for the year. It's done for a majority of the year. Maybe the Lightning are pulling something again here. Maybe uh, they will let him uh, be on the injury list. I don't really think so, but who knows? Maybe they go and they use that exemption to go get a superstar player. Of course, we're talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning. But look, that team last year, they were able to you know, overcompensate, if you will, for Kucherov. They were able to put it together and win another Stanley Cup when Kucherov came back. Look, they could do the same thing. They still have Braden Point, and they still have Stammer and Steven Stamkos. So, and they got the best goalie in the entire world. And um, oh, you're just so partial. Will you Andre stop it? Vasilevsky. I mean, come on. He should have won the Vesna last year. There should be an investigation. Just saying. Oh God, <laughs> I gotta hear this. <laughs> Say says to the Chicago Blackhawk fan, put it on the board. Yes. Oh, you know what? That's not even nice. <laughs> what happened to your team and what happened to my team in the play? I have no idea. I, I I will tell you this much. I didn't look, I was happy for what the White Sox did this year. I just knew they were gonna go one and done in the playoffs, not because I'm just being that pessimist. I'm just telling you the truth. There was something about this team I didn't like. It started with their catcher. I do not like the way he caught and called games. I just didn't. Pitching was fine. Uh, you know, they look. They're star players between Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert, uh, the up and down with Adam Eaton, uh, Nick Mandrigal, their young rookie. I'm sorry, their young second baseman was supposed to be a superstar, went down and got injured, and they ended up getting traded to the Cubs for some stiff named Kimbrell. Uh, but anyway, this team literally didn't play together for literally over two thirds of the year. It's very hard to be cohesive. This team was a year away. They were just a year ahead of time. This team will be fine. But let me tell you something. Those Tampa Bay Rays, if they would have had one, just two starting pitchers, it had been all over with. We wouldn't be watching Houston and Boston right now because Tampa would be, be sitting there. That, well, that's just the truth. You know, I continue to howl at the top of, uh, you know, a mountain or a howl. Uh, oh, like Carlos Correa just got drilled with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball on the elbow. How'd that feel, Correa? I mean, Harry, honestly, if you sign Blake Snell and you get a Charlie Morton, instead of spending that worthless $12 million on a Michael Waka, on a Chris Archer, on a Rich Hill, who they traded at the deadline, which I don't understand why, but Instead of spending that $12 million, spend $15 million on a Charlie Morton, who, by the way, I don't know, one of your big game pitchers of all time in Ray's history, especially when it comes down to a deciding game. And, oh, by the way, he's also leading the Braves to the World Series. Just saying, have Charlie Morton, have Blake Snell, and then you don't have to start three rookies in your rotation. It's money, baby. It's all about money. When you spend 60 or 70 million instead of the 100 million like the normal teams do when they win the World Series, and it's been shown stats, uh, you, you can get let your emotion get in the way, but it's all about the stats at the end of the day. If you spend over 100 million more times than not, you have an opportunity to win a World Series. Until the Rays do that, they will not win a World Series.
No, but they are the best hidden kept secret in all of baseball. And it, it still is a secret because they don't put people in the stands. It's it, they, they put in less people, believe it or not, than what they do in the South side in Chicago for the Chicago White Sox. But we're not going to talk about that. I mean, that I'm on either. I'm on either. If the ownership comes out before the playoffs start and say, hey, you know what? We're going to promote this sister city plan where we put the team in Montreal. And guess what? You've got to put up with it. And then there's, you know, uh, customer outcry, fan outcry. And everybody's like, what the hell are you doing? You're ruining the juju of this team, the mo, like you would say, Harry, the Greek, the momentum. Yep. And then they go, you know what? We're not going to do it. I mean, right there, that was the curse. I mean, you curse the baseball gods. The team no, is a team. They won the AL East, one of the toughest divisions in baseball. And now they're out sitting at home because they're cheap and their ownership sucks. Unfortunately, Peter. Yes. I think it's going to be time to go. We covered everything. We did. Yes, we did. I'm going to give you a chance to go ahead and promote yourself. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to get on with the best professional handicapper I know out there. Harry the Greek, of course, catch me on the evolution of Sports Talk Television live on NSPN. I love St. Pete. Sometimes Monday, sometimes Tuesday. You just never know. But I'll be here live on Friday nights with Mr. Harry the Greek on the over-under and, of course, catch the pre-half and post-game edition Sunday on NSPN live from Ducky Sports Lounge in Tampa. Do three things to me on this Friday night. You ready? Get set. Go. Bring your passion. Bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. I'm your host, Peter Blake, giving you something to think about. Wow. Always bringing that passion, Peter. Thank you so much, man. Hang out in the back room. I'll come back to you in just a little bit. Okay, brother? Sounds good, man. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Peter Blake from the Sports Web. You should follow him on Facebook. Great shows, great content. Definitely knows not just about his hometown team down in Tampa Bay, but let me tell you something. The man knows a lot about a lot of different things in sports, especially baseball, basketball, football. Doesn't make a difference. Loves it all. Absolutely loves it all. So let's just go ahead and do a real quick recap. Washington football team, take the points, plus seven and a half at Green Bay. Do like it. But you know what? If you wait a little while, you're going to get eight, eight and a half points. Trust me, because a lot of that money is going to end up going on them. Atlanta's at Miami. There's an 88% rule. Whenever you find a home favorite, exactly two and a half at game time. This is very important. If the line is two and a half at game time, always bet the home team in this case i like miami better anyway because atlanta has no business whatsoever whatsoever being a favorite they haven't warranted anything like that the indianapolis colts at the san francisco 49ers trey lance will not probably not will be playing it has already been decided that jimmy garoppolo will be deforest buckner great defensive lineman one of the better defensive linemen in all the national football league it's a little grudge game going against san francisco but san francisco doesn't have one DeForest Buckner. They have four of them on that line. They're just so much better. They win this game, and I think they win it big. The total's 42 and a half. I do like Frisco minus four, but if you wait a little while, it may go to three and a half. Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. My favorite game of the week, one of my favorite games of the year to date. Not going to give you all the reasons for it. Bottom line is don't be afraid. Just don't be scared. Push it in like you're doing poker, baby. Both hands and both feet. Just say all in. Baltimore minus six and a half. Have fun with that game. The Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Right now, the line is 12 and 12 and a half. I'm telling you, by game time, this line will be 13 and a half. 
and sometimes even 14 points. This game's going to be a lot closer than what people think. Best Chicago, take the points. Take the points in this game. Small position. Bet a bigger position for the first half. This is where Tampa struggles, ladies and gentlemen. I know this team back backwards and forwards. This Tampa team struggles in the first half against lesser opponents. This is where you can make yourself some money. Those are my picks for the week. I am 23-7 and seven on the year so far with one push. Oh, I got one more comment. Let me see what this gentleman says. Mike DeRoche says, good night, fellas. Mike, thank you so much for commenting on the show. Um, kind of loved having, I want to thank Peter Blake for coming on the show this evening. It's very exciting, very passionate, and uh, he can definitely, he's that, he's, he's that guy that definitely gets into your face. But anyway, don't forget to catch all the great shows here on 1252 Sports. Um, I believe the next show is going to be, Lord, I don't even know. That's really pitiful of me. I'm so sorry about that. But don't forget to catch the pregame show with Alan and Bears fans with a brain. I'm Harry the Greek. Thank you so much for tuning into the Over Under. And as I always say, keep your bets low and your returns high. We'll see you next Friday at 8 p.m. Your time in Central Time, 9 p.m. in my time. Take care. Bet responsibly.